0: Hello and welcome to the World in Brief podcast. A podcast that gives you concise update and analysis about news from across the globe. Today we will try to understand what constitutes a country's territorial boundary at sea. We've seen territorial disputes rise between countries with regard to the waters that surround them. And the most covered dispute certainly has to be China's claim on the South China Sea. But before we jump into that, Here's a piece of news worth sharing. We've all studied in school that our planet has four oceans. The Pacific, the Atlantic, the Indian and the Arctic. Right? Well, recently it has been decided that the world will recognize a fifth ocean. The ocean in the south that touches the Pacific, the Atlantic and the Indian Oceans as well as the continent of Antarctica will now be known the Southern Ocean. So here's the question. How should oceans and seas around countries be divided? Dividing territorial land is relatively easy as compared to dividing seas between nations. And exactly for this, in 1982, the United Nations Convention on the Law of the Sea, sometimes known as UNICLOS, laid down a set of rules and conventions that countries must follow. As we know, a country's coastline will always be uneven, and this can cause difficulties in measuring the distance. Therefore, countries draw a smooth line across their coast, which is called the baseline, to ensure distances are measured accurately. And keep in mind that these distances at sea are measured in nautical miles, and a nautical mile is equal to 1.852 kilometers. So, what zone are you in? Let me break it down for you. The first 12 nautical miles from the baseline forms a boundary called the country's territorial sea. If any ship or airplane enters these waters without permission, well, they're basically dead. A country can shoot down or bomb it as it's understood as an unauthorized entry. 24 nautical miles from the baseline forms a boundary called the contiguous zone. If a ship enters these waters, the only bomb that can be dropped on them is border tax or custom duty, just like it can be in territorial sea. The next zone comes in at 200 nautical miles from the baseline, and this zone or boundary is known as the EEZ. Exclusive Economic Zone. Ships, navies are all allowed in these waters without permission. A country cannot charge any sort of tax to these ships in the Exclusive Economic Zone. It however can use this to its economic benefit. This includes the right to fish or discover any oil or gas reserves. Beyond the Exclusive Economic Zone is the high seas. No single country has a right to these waters. For any oil or gas reserves found here, the countries need to go to the International Seabed Authority, known as the ISA, to decide how the resources should be divided among the surrounding countries. Today, we see many conflicts in the world around the ownership of islands. The ownership of islands is important because they help us expand the exclusive economic zone of a country. Not to mention their geostrategic importance with respect to trade routes and naval bases. I hope the understanding we've gained about the laws governing our seas will help us understand territorial claims and conflicts of the future better. If you would like to keep abreast with such news and analysis from across the globe, subscribe to the World in Brief podcast. Until next time, in the words of President Roosevelt, a good navy is not a provocation to war, it's the surest guarantee of peace.